today on the Bill Kelly Show on 900 CHML. How do Canadians feel about the way the government has handled the uh, pandemic and the COVID crisis in general? Ipsos uh, Public Affairs has done some research on this, and, uh, well, the governments don't come out of this too well. Uh, the majority of Canadians actually believe the government should have acted sooner to reduce the number of coronavirus cases in the country, according to polling from Ipsos. To uh, explain the uh, the numbers to us, uh, Daryl Burke, our good friend, CEO of Ipsos Public Affairs, joins us here on the program. I uh, hope you're doing well, Daryl. Thanks for joining us today. I'm doing great, Bill. I hope you are, too. Excellent, excellent. I'm not surprised at these numbers because what I think this does is reflect what you and I and a lot of other people have been saying and I think concerned about over the last year now is that, uh, yeah, governments responded, but they kind of did it in half measures, and then maybe that's why we're in the predicament that we're in right now. Yeah, the facts on the ground speak for themselves, and, and quite frankly, even governments have now been saying that they've responded to too slowly in, in, in some ways or not effectively in some ways. So there's a, there's a bit of a consensus on this. Now, there is some understanding. Nearly 4 in 10 Canadians are prepared to say, well, they did the best that they could under the circumstances. But 63% of us are not happy with government as an institution and how it's, uh, how it's led the way on fighting the, uh, the pandemic. Because there were just so many stories about this. And, and I guess the thing that uh, maybe some of the folks that responded to, to your questions were, may have in mind too is uh, we had the opportunity of hearing how other parts of the world did this and, and some worse than Canada certainly uh, but some much better uh, who did uh, right from the get-go uh, decide okay we're going to go in all this you know New Zealand comes to mind Australia places like that they just said we're not going to do things in a halfway fashion we're just simply going to go into this and it raised a lot of questions around here at that time that why aren't we doing the same thing yeah, particularly around things like, for example, closing the borders and, mm-hmm. you know, wearing masks and, you know, even some of the initial advice that came out, which was, you know, all about washing your hands as opposed to wearing masks. And, you know, uh, there were lots of, uh, lots of confusing, um, uh, uh, perspectives on this, lots of confusing advice. And a lot of it was coming from people who were trying to sort this through. And as I said, 40% of the population says, okay, I get that, but the other 60%, 63 percent says now we expect better which is interesting and and i I know i saw stuff on global about this the other day and what i find interesting about this is uh they're saying look at yeah the government should have acted in other words as you've been saying many times what we're looking for here is leadership okay maybe we didn't know much about the virus uh but that's where you tap into the experts and say okay what do we need to do here uh you know whether or not they were getting good advice or not i mean that's you know yet to be determined i guess we can make those judgments but ultimately we want the government to say i know you don't want us to do this a full lockdown or or something else you know closing the borders but this is the best thing for us to do right now and you didn't hear that very often Right, uh, because there was a lot of agendas that were mixed up in this and and potential consequences, economic and others, that uh, I don't think uh, the public necessarily understood what, you know, was potentially at risk in some instances. But the the thing about all of this, Bill, is the facts establish themselves on the ground. You know, you're either getting vaccines into the country and people are, and your friends and your neighbors and your family are getting vaccinated, or you're not. I mean, you can spin any way that you want. It doesn't matter. The facts speak for themselves. Uh, and when you look at how the virus made its way to Canada and how the federal government in particular managed the border, um, uh, not just, uh, um, you know, cars coming across the border, but obviously flights coming from foreign destinations, the public looks back now 
at what they were being told in February and March of last year and, and wonders why that was, uh, was, the, was the perspective. At least 60% of us are thinking that. Well, because, I mean, as you say, the circumstances that we're looking and, and, and living each and every day indicate that. Uh, and, and I think that's part of the frustration that a lot of people felt then and, and obviously continue to feel now because here we are still uh, involved in a situation like this where we have to ask ourselves, you know, did they go far enough? And it seemed to be, and, you know, if we just go back, I guess, to last March, April, I guess, Daryl, uh, you know, the daily briefings from the Prime Minister at noontime every day and the daily briefings from, from Premier Ford here in Ontario and all the other Premiers did similar things as well. But they were treating the symptoms. Uh, you know, we, we, we have a relief package. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. Are, are you doing anything about the root cause, why this is here and why it's spreading? Eh, not, not so much. In other words, it, was, it, it just seemed as if they were wrong-headed here. You know, like, stop the bleeding here before you start giving us more bandages. Right, and for a majority of Canadians, they're saying, you know, slow, late, long-headed, um, and uh, and we're not out of this yet, which suggests to me that it may not be working. And I, and I you know, I sent in a commentary uh, for Global um, uh, News last week, or maybe it was the week before. You know, um, we're moving from weeks to months to in March a year, having a year of our lives robbed from us, and that is the point at which this is going to probably get mission critical for a lot of public institutions. Because the public, uh, we're going to be having all of these anniversary conversations, but the public's going to be turning around saying, how can we make sure this isn't another year? And what are you doing to make sure that we just don't go through this again? So, uh, yeah, we're, we're coming up to some, some big reckonings on this. And, and at the moment, uh, governments that may have started off looking really good at the start of that, uh, of this whole process, have now come through all of this over the space of a year where people are now uh, feeling comfortable enough to be raising a lot of questions about performance because there's now a record. Well, and you guys reported that with your uh, your polling from last week uh, that, you know, it was only five, six months ago that the prime minister was enjoying, notwithstanding the fact that we're in the middle of a pandemic, enjoying very high public approval ratings, saying, yeah, he's got a handle on this. You know, his government's getting it done. It's, it's unfortunate that this has to happen, but, you know, he seems to be online with what here and on message. Uh, you look at the numbers now. I mean, you know, that's why there was so much speculation that there could be an, a, a, an early election call, because you figure, hey, he's going to ride the tide, maybe do a majority government. You, you heard the talk in Ottawa and Toronto and every place else about this. They don't dare do that now simply because of the way the numbers look. Well, you know, I wrote, I wrote another commentary. Here you go. Uh, back <laughs> in December, and you can go find it on the Global National site, uh, website. And I just looked at it. was just math. <laughs> you look at the fact yeah. that uh, 20% of the population, and this was back then when people were still skeptical about uh, wanting to go and get, get a vaccination. But 20% at that time, which was like 7 million people in the Canadian population, said that the minute a vaccine was going to be available, they were going to be looking for one. And, you know, we're in the hundreds of thousands. And it, the math just didn't add up. And the dissatisfaction and disappointment that was going to come from that was obvious and, and would become even more obvious and will become even more obvious when we get closer to March, April, May, when the government was thinking about calling an election. So maybe they'll risk it, but, um, you know, the, the, it's not going very well right now. Well, and again, the, the vaccination program, and that one of my editorials about that same time is the very same thing. The, the government's popularity is very much tied to the vaccine rollout. And uh, uh, I don't have to tell anybody, it's not, right. it has not gone well. Uh, so th you know, they're going to have to live or die with the consequences of that. There's another interesting element, though, to the, to the polling that you guys did, though, Daryl. Uh, in as much as we want to point the finger and say the government really dropped the ball here and really let us down, uh, when you asked about the spread of the of the, the virus and the way that it has gone on, uh, 
a lot of the people that responded uh, basically said, yeah, that's on me too. Yeah, the government didn't do a very good job, but but we, the people, uh, didn't play by the rules. We broke a lot of the rules. Uh, so we, we have to share some of the blame for that too. Yeah, we're looking in the mirror, and we're also looking at the people standing beside us and saying, <laughs> yeah, we played a pretty big part in this too. Yes, so the institutionally, a disappointment, but also uh, with – Less so, I would say, you know, other than us saying, yeah, we're part of the we're part of the Canadian population, so therefore, we we, we share blame here. But uh, in other research that we've done, it's really concern about how other people have been behaving that has people upset. So when they hear stories, for example, of people holding late night parties in uh, in apartments, uh, you know, inviting a hundred people over, they're wondering what the heck are you doing? Or they walk into a store and they see somebody wearing their mask uh, below their nose or you know, see various images on television or hear about them on, on, on your broadcast, but just experience them when, when they try to go out in the world. They're sitting back saying, you know, the advice is out there. I'm trying to follow it, but I'm looking at some of these other folks <laughs> wondering if, if they're doing their part. Well, sure, and, and we rationalize that as humans, right, don't we? It's like, okay, I know I'm supposed to stay at home, but, you know, one little trip over to here wouldn't be. But then, you, as you say, turn on the news and you hear about the car rallies uh, this summer in Wasaga Beach or the one just around the corner from my place here in Ancaster, and you figure, you know, what's going on with these people? You know, that that's where the problem is. Or you, the, the story we heard last week, I guess, about the, the folks in the church in Alberta, and you figure, you know, okay, you, you can you can break the rules a little bit, but you can't just go gangbusters like that. And you're right, we, we tend to look at them and say, shame on them. Uh, but are we all being compliant? Maybe not so much some of the time. Yeah, the thing that's really interesting to me in all of this is how personal it is. Yeah. Uh, so um, that people, yes, they hear what they hear on the news. They, they, uh, they, they, you know, hear tales about people doing various things or whatever. But they, they experience it. And all of this is playing out in people's individual lives. So what they see with their own eyes about compliance has a big effect on them. What they experience in terms of things like, for example, pandemic assistance from various levels of government, has it actually made a difference in their lives or in the lives of members of their family? That's how they are evaluating this. And also when it comes to vaccines, do you know anybody? When do you think that you're going to be getting a vaccine? You know, what's, What are you experiencing in your own life? So things that usually take place at a fairly elite level in which the conversation is kind of out there in the cosmos between people who are hyper-focused on this that may splash over a little bit into the public is how we tend to experience public policy. The pandemic is very different. It's very personal. And and how long is that going to last? I mean, we're pretty ticked off right now. Maybe at, at our fellow citizens and certainly with some of the governments, federal and provincial governments. Uh, if you know, is this going to linger? Is, are we going to be, yeah, boy, this, or as soon as you get that that first shot or the second shot or whatever, do we just say, yeah, that sucked, but, you know, at least we're back on track now. I mean, we, we're, we're a forgiving people, you know, here in Canada, but are we, are we ready and willing and able to forgive this? Well, we may very well be, um, but until uh, uh, we get to that point where we're thinking about, uh, you know, counting up, you know, who did right and who did wrong, um, uh, and, and we're very, very far away, away from that at the moment. Uh, we're still going to be in a very hypercritical type of a situation. And a lot of things, like, for example, you were mentioning the prime minister's approval levels. I would say that those at the moment are more related to hope than they are to people's true evaluation of performance. Well, and so they're hoping seen... that the right things are going to be happening, yeah. but they're inc- increasingly they're not sure. 
Well, I've even seen that on social media this morning. You know, the government announcing that the AstraZeneca stuff is going to be here. And uh, the reaction I'm seeing from a lot of people is, yeah, right. Uh, you know, you, that you said that. You know, we've been down the road. You know, fool me once, that sort of thing. So uh, I guess we got to see some positive action here before we start changing our attitudes on this stuff. Well, and it's it's a bit it's out of the control of the government in many ways right now yeah. because uh, we uh, we just released some really interesting global polling on this, and it's the same issue in many many countries where su- demand is far outstripping supply, so uh, the government's having a hard time finding vaccines. But uh, um, you know these these were all things that uh, the public expects that the government's going to uh, to be able to control, and it's and it's it's simply not being it's not able to do that. You know they've set their own dates. They said you know March four million, and then you know everybody by September, assuming that that's what the public would think was acceptable. But the performance of what's going on in other places is going to set what's acceptable, and it's far faster in places like the United States and the UK and other. Other, many other countries we would see as, as markers than what the government is laying out as what our, our expectations should be. So there's, there's a real lot, there's a big amount of tension around this, a lot of difficulty that's associated with vaccines, and we're still at very early days. Well, we'll keep tracking it. I always look forward to you reporting on this stuff on Global National in the evenings too. Uh, Daryl, thanks as always for this. Really appreciate the time today. Thanks, Bill. Take care. Daryl Burke, of course, uh, CEO of Ipsos Public Affairs. The Bill Kelly Show, weekdays from 9 to noon on 900 CHML.